it's over. <laughs> um, one of the things that I wanted to close up with was, hey, this is, we all have almost a decade's worth of experience in terms of health and fitness or sports performance. So for us to get into something sports related or fitness related, it's, it doesn't seem impossible. It's, it seems very feasible to us. What would you recommend to somebody who's trying to get into fitness, who's been in their ways, uh, sedentary lifestyle, meaning they're, they've been sitting all day, they get home, they probably um, flick the tube, you know, put something on, eat some delightful food. What would you say to that person that now wants to join us on the other side of fitness and health and that sort of jazz? Uh, you can go to district-training.com inquire. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, I think the best thing somebody can do is just get started with something. Um, just get the ball rolling, build the habit. It doesn't have to be perfect. It, just be something that they enjoy and can sustain for a little while. And then once they build that habit, get into something a little bit deeper. Get into something that's going to be a little more productive for themselves because... Nine out of 10 times, like somebody who's completely sedentary, um, has never done anything, just just sitting on their ass all day. If they just get moving, doing something, mm. they're gonna see some change. Mm. But we all know that's easier or easier said than done. I, one mm. thing I would really recommend or emphasize for a lot of people is a support system. And it's hard to create that for yourself, but if you're even considering getting involved in fitness, getting involved in sports or getting more active, even 1%, tell the people around you, tell your family members, tell friends and find one person who's like, you know what, maybe I've been considering that for a while. I want to do this with you because you both are going to be more successful together than if one person is just dabbling on their own and you can learn stronger together. Mm. <laughs> you can learn together. You can <laughs> get involved with some new things together. You can fail a little bit together, but when you guys fail, you have somebody else who's going to help push you along. So I do think a support system is probably one of the most important things in starting a new goal and sticking to it. Um, yeah, great points, guys. I definitely would like to add that maybe just try to define your goal, right? Because if you really don't know what you want to do, then you're kind of going to be lost, right? What was that quote you said about the, the maps? And oh, I like to say that if you are trying to get to Florida and you've got a map to California, how quickly will you get to Florida? <laughs> I just hop on a plane and pilot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, if you don't have a clear goal, then it's going to be hard for you to, to know what you want to do and try to attain, right? So if your goal is fat loss, then I would say maybe just try to look up how to lose fat on Google. You know what I mean? How mm. to lose weight. It's simple as that. Or maybe looking at people around you who know a thing or two and maybe messaging them, looking at, um, for me, it was like, all right, well, I want to get stronger. I'm going to ask the strongest person I know how to get strong. At the time it was Dan, but you know. <laughs> Life's changed. Life's changed. Yeah. Oh boy. But you know, I knew he was a professional in the field and I was like, all right, man, how can I do this? And he pointed me in the right direction. And, and you know, most people will definitely give you free information and point you in the right direction. You know what I mean? And they will help you. So don't be, you know, don't be shy. You know, if people, if you want to find something, go, go look for it and define those goals. Mm. And then once you find your goal, once you've found your goal, um, figure out some habits and some systems to put in place so that 
it, it becomes autonomous. Um, really, a lot of this just becomes a lifestyle. There is no real destination. There is no real end game to this. Um, at the end of the day, we all kind of just die. So, <laughs> but it's not about. But everybody dies. Not everybody lives. <clears throat> oh, that was a little bit more cheery. Um, and so it's about finding that lifestyle and the way you want to live and then just chasing after how you want to live so if you want to be healthier um that's all subjective to what your current stance is so if you want to be healthier and you're used to eating cheetos after lunch then maybe go for that fig bar or maybe go for like a a fruit or broccoli you know whatever it is whatever it is it's healthier to you, you know, it's healthier to you. And that's really what it comes down to is you and what you want. Nice. Very good. Um, what do you think are some like limiting factors for some people trying to start their fitness? Yeah, there's a lot of limiting factors. I think the first one is your environment. Um, if you're in an environment where um, I want to call it crap food or let's call it like processed food that don't carry as much nutrients as whole foods may um if you're in an environment where all of that is very readily available like put yourself as in a situation where you're an employee at chick-fil-a you're gonna eat chick-fil-a every day you're there the odds of you going to um i don't know a salad bar is very very minimal if at all possible right eric he works at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely my take on limiting factor. Mm. Or how about for someone who has never been in a setting or environment where they work out or they've done sports or go out? What would you say to that? It's really their comfort, their um, willingness to <laughs> willingness to dive headfirst into that um, right away. Education, if they don't know where to start. This is an industry that can get cluttered, overwhelming very, very quick. So you go online and again, maybe if you do search how to lose fat, you're not going to just get one of those quick Google responses that says, oh, lose fat by doing this. And then, okay, that's simple. I'm just going to move forward and do that. You're going to get a ton of ads. You're going to mm -hmm. get a ton of different people saying this is the best way. To be honest, you're going to get the ones that have the most clicks that are going to be the lose 30 pounds in 30 days, do this the fastest way possible because this is America, this is what we want, we want it now, and we're not willing to read something that is gonna take me more than 15 seconds. It's hard to take the first step when you have so much either misinformation, cluttered information, or so many different places to start. So we are throwing a couple different um, kind of possibilities or limiting factors out there, but when you work with a coach, our job is to kind of clear that up and navigate more appropriately and point your ship in the direction and just tell you to start walking forward. Um, so for limiting factors, yeah, education, filtering out that information can definitely be one of the hardest things for somebody who's new to actually start. Definitely agree with that. Like, um, But the one thing that I do love, though, when getting on a call with a prospective new client, you know, or trying to ask someone or when people come to me for questions, um, I like asking like, you know, what are your goals one and two? Like, where did you come from? Like, what was your background, right? And they're like, oh, I, I started this, like you said, like this Jenny Craig's thing, you know what I mean? And then, um, you know, I had my previous coach or maybe like, you know, I, he had me like at a thousand, 1200 calories or something, you know what I mean? And then you can just be like, oh, wow, like, 
that was very aggressive, you know what I mean? And then kind of steer them in a direction where like, oh, like I think this would be good for you, you know what I mean? Or maybe like if someone's trying to get into strength training and then they're doing like German volume training, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or Bulgarian method, you know? They're just like, max yeah, <laughs> just max out every day. Maybe that's not the best way to train, but I can point you in a direction where it is kind of feasible to hit your goals and not get burnt out and injured, you know what I mean? At the end of the week. so. Yeah, I think people, I think Dan and I call this the um, the fuckboy period of training. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where you just do whatever you want and then, you know, you find out what you don't like and then what you do like and then you just go from there. You know, so I think to, you got to mess up a little bit and you got to like, you know, find the things you don't like so that you can go on to succeed and hit your goals. You know, right, Dan? One, one of the questions I tend to ask a client on initially meeting is what has worked well for you, what, what hasn't. Because uh, the last thing I want to know is, uh, say they come in and they were just doing something and maybe it's a good exercise, but maybe they had an injury or had a bad experience with that. We don't want to throw them right into that right away, but we want to see what they've tried so far so that we know how to navigate that conversation and kind of create that roadmap that is most appropriate for them. Um, but I do like that too. I wouldn't consider that the uh, completely inexperienced client. That's a client who has tried a lot of stuff. And because there is so much in the industry, there are a lot of different outlets for a lot of different people. So we can kind of find what makes the most sense for that individual client, but also kind of show them how maybe these fad diets, maybe these quick, aggressive, uh, type programs or these one size fits all cookie cutter programs, we can show them, okay, you've tried these things in three different ways, but all kind of the same thing. You've tried them three different times and they all haven't worked. Now let's talk about why it hasn't worked. And now let's figure out, okay, this is what does work. And you try the fast method. Now let's try the method that actually yields slow, sustainable results that you're going to look at yourself in a mirror a year from now. And you're going to say, okay, now today was that moment that I made that difference. And today's the reason that I am where I am today. Mm. Yeah, my day was when uh, I walked into World, <clears throat> what was it? It was World's Gym, Danellen. It's no longer built. It's no longer there. It's been torn down. It smelled like <laughs> steroids, <laughs> big steroids juicy like. men, bro, because they were probably selling it out of the locker room. <laughs> it was... It was a very defining moment when that 45-pound 45 bar landed on my chest and I couldn't get it off. One, <clears throat> and a guy with like 28-inch arms came over and just lifted it off like nothing. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I'm going to go switch over to dumbbells now. <laughs> Don't hit the machine. No, 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 no. They had no machines there. Oh, it was that kind of gym. Damn. They had like very few machines. But they had a Smith machine? They had a Smith machine. I hit, the, <laughs> I hit the Smith machine. So, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you got to go look stupid. Go look stupid. Uh, the odds are people are busy looking at themselves in the mirror. So go look stupid. And uh, after you make it a mess, uh, try to clean it up a little bit. Yeah. No, absolutely. Definitely hear a lot from like, just doesn't matter if it's fitness, business, anything like that. <clears throat> a lot of the people who are just most successful at wherever they're at right now, they look fucking stupid. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah, um, they look fucking stuff. stupid. It's yours. You could literally um, you with it. When they first started, they weren't great right off the bat. They weren't awesome. They weren't like LeBron James um, five years ago. Yes, but then you go to Michael Jordan and the amount of shots that he's missed. Actually, one of the best stories I like about him is the fact that he didn't make 
I guess his high school his high school team. basketball team. Yeah. Would Michael Jordan be Michael Jordan today if he made that? Basketball you know what's team so anyway? funny about that? My freshman year of high school, I told you about that guy that was like big, beefy, and he was a basketball player, and I just wanted to be like him. That guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was, I was, I would always challenge him at basketball. I'd always challenge him to play basketball, and man, he 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 would he dust me. He would be in the dust, and. So I knew I was, I had this vision of me beating him at freshman tryouts. Did you? I went to wrestling the next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was my basketball story. But I wouldn't have been a good wrestler if I didn't fail at basketball. It's mm. fair. I was a pretty bad wrestler in the beginning too, though. So going back, we were talking about, um, for someone like what to do with losing weight, right? And mm. just where to start. So I think we've said some pretty good things. Um, what are some basic things that people need or basic habits to, to really build um, that really help with sustainability, longevity? What do you think guys, what comes to mind? Uh, I usually have like a checklist for this, like with any new clients or current clients, I always think about you know, just general checklist of activity, um, nutrition and then also just like life factors for example so stress water intake daily activities so like walking anything like that and then also like what you guys were saying earlier environment you know what kind of support system do you have what are you cooking at home are your parents cooking anything like that mm. like what are the things that are most local to you so one of the biggest ones that i always think about is like you know what's the person's like stress levels whether it be they're not sleeping enough they have too much stress from work they had too much stress in a relationship anything like that and then trying to help manage something like that for them mm. that makes sense yeah i i, I kind of want to go the you guys like if i'm one of the biggest revelations i had was that we have been put into a system uh, whether it be the food system whether it be whatever type of system but in a system where um we don't really have a big control on what we eat um mm. a lot of people go into a busy daily routine and they eat what's available and what's available has been available because there's this multi-trillion dollar system that organizes locations of foods what kind of foods how it gets made how it gets there like this is all just a huge system that that just dictates how we eat so you kind of have to be a little woke otherwise you'll fall victim to that system you have to just make decisions on what you want to eat say no to eating certain things say no to the vending machine, say no to the four for four deal at Wendy's, say no to the uh, Jersey Mike sub that's conveniently located 10 minutes away from the district. Um, say no Number to f extra guac. <laughs> oh. I think, they make yeah. They easy with the price. Yeah. They make the, and, and really then there's the pricing aspect. And then, the, you know, some of that stuff is cheap. And then there's the convenience aspect of, I really don't feel like cooking. I really don't feel like making, doing all this prep work for some nachos that when I could just go to the local bar and just get nachos from them. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you just have to be a little bit more woke and intentional in what you put into your body. Let's take that a step further. In an industry where there's that much money at stake, if you are a multi, 
billion dollar company and you have so many products out there, if you can save a couple cents per product, you're going to make more money if you can and a lot more money. If you can sell a little bit more product in more regions, you're going to make a lot more money. So they have entire teams of people at different areas that are dedicated towards the color on the packaging, the logos, the the overall brand, even the smells and, and things that you associate with it, the color. If you wonder why all the fast food chains are similar colors, there's research that shows you those colors are going to make you want to eat more, consume more. Those are making you hungry. The smells associated with things like yogurt products or, or other foods, they all those flavors that you don't see the actual piece of fruit in there, those are all a lot of those are designed to stimulate your reward centers and get you to want to buy more. So when we are in the system, yes, we are responsible for our own choices, but the world makes it pretty difficult to have that free will at times. And we've created a system behind our work where we're always on the go. We need that convenience. So we need that convenience. This other company who makes billions of dollars says, here's your convenience. And it's usually not going to be the best option. How many like actual real vegetable portions do you see in the food that's readily available? That's probably the limiting factor I see most with my clients. The businessmen, the executives that are on the go constantly, they are the ones that tend to need some of these healthier options. And there's far and few between the companies that do offer that. You have to kind of know where to find it. We can help our clients find that, but it's, it's also about um, price point and knowing where to look. Even a lot of these foods that now seem to be healthy and have these buzzwords like free range. I, I saw something the other day that said for something to say free range, it literally could be an outhouse or a house of chickens with like this little fenced in area where maybe one chicken can fit at a time and they could call those free range. So a lot of the information that's available to the general consumer is being confused by these legal systems, the finance, um, the uh, billion dollar industries of these uh, huge companies that are allowed to use these words that kind of trick us into thinking something's all natural, healthy, and essentially good for us. I think the first thing you got to admit is you, you've been got. You've been got by... They got them. They, they got <laughs> us. They got us. And, 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 and it's okay to say because they spent billions of dollars, tons of hours of research just to get us. So what do you do? I like, I like how you guys um, talk about systems, right? And just trying to learn, maybe like unlearning that system. Or right? creating a better system. Or creating a better creating system, a better right? System. So I think growing up, I, um, just being in a Filipino household, my mom always cooked. Um, always my, my dad always cooked, right? So I, like, I already had meal meals planned for me um, for lunch and then maybe breakfast and then dinner too. So hmm. I came home, I, I just ate whatever was on the table, you know? So I never really understood nutrition. You know, I never really understood what it meant to like have like um, my proteins, fats, carb sources, what kind of food that was like healthy, parentheses. Um, but, uh, I think that changed when I started to do my bodybuilding prep because that I had to learn how to say no, you know, learn mm -hmm. how to say no to those fast foods, learn how to say no to just buying something quick out of like Seven Eleven or quick check, um, learn how to say no to my mom's cooking, you know, learn how to say no to systems that are designed to make you say, say yes. yes. I mean, yeah. think about how convenient you can tap your credit card nowadays. Mm. If you look around the, uh, you go to a so-called whole foods or healthy, um, convenience store or healthy grocery store, look at all the foods that are right around the checkout counter. They're all grab and go. How many of us have 
gone to buy something different and ended up with some extra stuff in your cart just because it's there, boom, scan, I got it. DoorDash, Uber Eats. Everything is designed to make somebody else money and to make you spend that money. And usually that's not gonna be what's best for the consumer. So I, I ask, what do you do? And to be honest, it's not everyone has the luxury of going, living on a farm, um, maybe working out every single day, growing all their own food, having actual free range chickens and butchering their own stuff. We can't really do that in today's society. So what do you do instead of getting overwhelmed by this? You do the best you can. And under the appropriate guidance, you kind of find what the first best way to start is. What is the number one? I mean, I'm certified through Precision Nutrition and they refer to it as the lowest hanging fruit. That is the next best thing that if you start on this, it's probably the easiest next step for you. It won't yield the most dramatic results right away, but it is the easiest next best step for you. You kind of have to figure out with either by yourself, with your coach, what that lowest hanging fruit is. And then they also define the I don't like that they call it this. They call it the big kahuna. But <laughs> you don't like that? We could, we could come up yes, with a better name for it. But that's, that's the most important thing that it's probably the hardest thing for you to address right away. But if and when you can finally address that, that's going to yield the most dramatic change. And where you kind of progress to usually falls somewhere in between there. And then eventually you take that, that biggest step. But that's with all this misinformation and all this, these systems that are kind of designed to make it more difficult for you, try to outline those two areas make it make that cluttered noise a little bit more simple and then just take that next step forward mm. what was um your first meal that you cooked you learned how to cook that was that was like i was like oh this is uh Baby food. <laughs> that was like macro friendly you know what i mean oh, oh macro friendly i was gonna say craft mac cheese or you just just like you're like chicken oh, rice bro- chicken tilapia. rice broccoli tilapia. right yeah yeah tilapia to the first salmon. time i made chicken i was very eager that i had meal prepped for two or three days I got to school. I was in high school still. I take a bite out of my chicken and it's pink. <laughs> it's so pink. I did too and I finished it. Yeah, I, I thought it was supposed to be like, <laughs> I really believed that it was supposed to be slightly undercooked like the way she cooked steak. I was like 13 at the time. Yeah, it's really pink center. It's medium rare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive, guys. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's it's a little bit of undoing. I, I think... Uh, a lot of bit of undoing. A lot of it is undoing because you're either carrying over the habits that have been bestowed onto you by your parents or you're being or you bought into a system because this is just the environment you grew up in. So you have to be firstly conscious that some of these things aren't entirely your fault. Secondly, you have to make the decision to want to change that. And then thirdly, you have to start with those long hanging fruits. They're not going to be, you can't go for the big kahuna right away. You have to go with those small wins, those small victories, such as no more visits to the vending machine, or I'm going to cook one meal this week. And that might be uh, victorious enough. And then you turn, you crank that up to one meal a day, whatever it may be. But, you know, it really starts with just, being conscious that you have a challenge or a problem first. And I, I call that outthinking your hungry self because you can be in the gym with your coach, with a trainer, or just working out on your own. And it's pretty easy right in that moment to say, yeah, I'm going to eat healthy for the rest of my life. I'm just going to meal prep. And you know what? I'm going to say no to all that. But when you finish that 
workout and you're on your way home and it's late and then all of a sudden you realize you have no meal prep and you don't feel like cooking it's a lot more difficult you're in a completely different mental state to make that uh decision i'd actually love to see what the brain looks like if we analyze that in those two different environments because you are literally a completely different person that's where a lot of people who are also doing these more restrictive calorie diets or, or cutting out certain parts of their their nutrition they're the ones who are going to feel that a little bit more extreme and, and want to make more um, dramatic like binges and, and go after the other food. So I almost try to work with my clients to anticipate those times. Think about through your day, when do you most likely fall off track? When do you most likely binge or when do you go for something else and almost come up with a system in place to address that before it even happens? Um, like the, the clients that are traveling all the time, if they know that they're going to end up ordering out for lunch and, and getting Chick-fil-A or something, come up with something ahead of time, have that lunch prepped or have have something that when they get there, sometimes I'll even have my clients. Um, I have this one client who used to do that all the time. He would order something crappy for lunch. I made him pre-order his lunch while he was in the gym with me so that he was making that decision when his mind was not in that hungry, mm -hmm. crazy state. And you know, when you finish that meal and you're satisfied, you're pretty much equally satisfied after having both meals. And if you can kind of think from that perspective and make that decision ahead of time, you're going to be much better off. I was thinking to myself, man, I'd be so pissed off if I'm eating chicken and broccoli and rice instead of that delicious four for four from Wendy's because I passed me, made a decision to eat healthy. I'd be so pissed off in that moment. But I remember I remember driving driving to the Arnold or driving to Ohio and it was like an eight hour drive and Jorge and I <laughs> she flew yeah but Jorge, every after each rest stop we would always get like fair life protein milk you know what i mean so that was like 30 to 40 grams of you know what i mean protein and we were like yeah we gotta get this protein in during our drive you know or just get like beef jerky so just like um which is low in fat high in protein but um you know we always made like a a conscious decision to really get our protein intake in just to make sure that you know we're hitting our our calories or our macros you know so if yeah yeah, if, if you were to end off with anything, guys, what would it uh, be for trying to hit? Um, I guess for someone who's uh, getting new, getting into nutrition, what would, what would you have them start off with first? Um, eat with intention. Mm -hmm. I, I guess that's kind of encompasses what Scott is talking about. It's not just eating to eat, not just eating to satisfy a carnal desire. It is eating with intention to whether you want to maintain weight, whether you want more a better cognitive health, whether you want to gain weight, lose weight, whatever it may be, eat with that intention. I actually saw a study where there were two different groups. One, one group was just eating their meals normally, essentially the control group doing what they did naturally. The other group was not eating anything truly different. It was not served anything different. All they were taught to do or told to do was think about their food, think about the flavors that they tasted, think about each part of the tongue, like take those bites with intention and really just pay attention to the food. And that group actually lost weight simply because they were taking a little bit more time eating, enjoying the food, maybe a little bit more and effectively taking in a little bit less calories. So, I, I kind of do agree with Jorge there. I immediately, when Neil said that question, I was going to say, well, it's different for everybody. Find out what 
that person's most effective factor is, what their greatest limiting factor is. But that's a really good place to start for most people because most of us are not eating with intention. We're eating on the go. We're eating at the steering wheel, which is not advised. We are eating out of Tupperware in the middle of meetings, like putting putting our, our meeting on mute while we scarf down something down and praying that they don't call on us to say something and then like choking as we unmute it. And that's not eating with intention. That's getting in as many calories as possible and not really enjoying food. Now that that's probably good for somebody who wants to lose weight. If you're somebody who wants to gain weight and, and put a little bit on, you could still eat with intention, but that intention could be get some more calories in and do it a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. No, I guess definitely on that and eating with intention um, to kind of piggyback off that. Usually what I start people on, whether it's lose weight, gain weight, I always like them to just track everything, create a food log, whether it be utilizing like an app like MyFitnessPal or even just like simply writing it down. Um, I feel like one of the biggest things somebody can do is just becoming aware of like what they're eating, how much they're eating, and then realizing, all right, maybe this isn't exactly working for me. Maybe I can make changes here and there. But I feel like the best step to start is just figuring out what you're actually doing so that from there you can adjust. Yeah. I'm um, definitely the whole like hit on the head, like with eating with intention and then also just making sure that you're eating, you have an eating schedule. You know what I mean? Um, for someone who's busy, just kind of lay out a plan be like, all right, well I have meetings from this time to this time, or I'm working from this time to this time. I definitely know I can at least hit three meals in a day and I'm going to hit these meals at this time. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but as long as I'm eating consistent, consistently and regularly, that'll form a habit in itself. And then from there, that's when you start to go for the, the big kahuna, right? You get to get <laughs> um, healthier meals, maybe more protein in there. Um, and then just, you know, try to go into more detail with that. So it's, it's always easier to change and manipulate a current habit than to create a new one. So. Mm -hmm. I, I love that creating a system and habit behind actually having the meals and then mold that as you go. There was this one story that I heard about this uh, football team strength coach who they wanted their football players to gain weight coming in and they were noticing none of them were eating breakfast. So instead of going to the nutritionist and coming out with this plan and saying, okay, you guys are going to have egg whites, spinach, you're going to have this this oatmeal, muesli, like all, all this crazy stuff and, and do that and stick with it. He gave them Pop-Tarts. <laughs> and every single one of them ate breakfast after that. Mm. From there, they created the habit and then they changed and molded that into something healthier. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But it, initially it was looked at like it was crazy, but that team gained the weight. They were healthy, hit all their markers, but they did so by creating the habit first. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not saying everyone should start with uh, Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Small disclaimer, but <laughs> silly. Yeah. Like when I was a teen. I came across this YouTube video of how to gain weight. And the one thing he said on the YouTube video, I forget who it was, was eat every two hours. <clears throat> I was a, about 120, 30 pounds, couldn't gain weight. But I think that had largely to do with my eating habits. So that's what he emphasizes. Put an alarm every two hours. Doesn't matter if it's a cupcake, doesn't matter if it's almond nuts, doesn't matter if it's a whole meal, but every two hours eat something. And then little by little, you'll get used to eating every two hours that you'll be able to crank it up a notch, make it whole meals, make it a protein shake, make it whatever. Yeah, I definitely, um, I like what we all had to say about that. So if anyone is looking to lose weight, make sure you guys first start off with the intention, the goal, um, what else guys? <laughs> Attention, goal, and what? 
I don't know. I had a brain fart. <laughs> Intention goal. And that's uh, great. And, that's great. Track, that's great. Huh? That's track, great. Tracking for your first. Yeah, and, that was go. great. Intention yes. goal and, and I can already see that was being like, a sign off. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in yeah. on our latest podcast. Uh, podcast. Our first podcast. I am Jorge Diaz. This is Scott and Dan with Neil. And we are the Mental Rep District. <laughs> <laughs> the district.